It's time for Tom Girl with JJ Jurgens. A different breed. Welcome to Tom Girl, where we talk with badass personalities in sports, entertainment, fashion, and adventure. I'm JJ, and on today's show, she's a former Division I basketball player and is now the creator of the new dating app, Changing the Game for Athletes, the Playoff Dating App. Please welcome Amanda McGrew. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming. I am extremely excited to talk to you about this app. Awesome. First, tell me how the inspiration for this app came to be for you. Um, it really came about, I mean, sadly, because of my failed dating life. It was just kind of one of those things where I didn't find myself on college campuses anymore with college athletes and with people who kind of saw life the way I did and navigated life the same way. And I realized that, you know, on the, all the generic apps, like the Tinders and the Bumbles, where I just wasn't finding people like me. And I found myself swiping through people and realizing, like, if I even saw an action shot or some sort of sports-related shot, I wanted to know more about you even if you like physically didn't look it didn't, none of it mattered like it was like the fact that you played a sport immediately in my mind sparked something that meant like I knew something about you I, I knew we had some sort of common bond or shared experience or the lifestyle or mindset was similar and I I mean I just kind of went with it and I was really hoping I wasn't the only person that felt that way and luckily so far it turns out I'm not so hopefully we can kind of keep that ball rolling <laughs> yeah you for sure are not the only one that felt that way and the reason that I found you is because I have a very similar kind of story as you like, okay. I was a college basketball player played at Nebraska and have had a really hard time struggling and yeah. dating here out in LA and I did do the, the only successful dates I've had on Tinder and Hinge right. ironically have both been athletes right and I even thought myself like man there's if not something to just not an app out there for just athletes to right. meet other other athletes so yeah. I actually had the idea of like creating an app too oh, or I like well that. maybe Bumble should do like Bumble Sports some sort of like, like a, yeah. collaboration yeah yeah so then I just I researched like does this app exist and then you popped up <laughs> oh and I'm I like, love it so part of it was like ah oh, shit <laughs> right, she's already right, got the idea right, but then right. the other part of it was like I gotta meet right. this girl because I love That's this and hysterical. I totally relate to you, what you're doing you know what's funny as I was as I had the idea the first thing I did was research it because I was like I, if it's out there I want to be on it so I remember researching it and finding there's a ton of Athletes, or I'm sorry, there's a ton of apps out there that are for fitness-loving people or people who do CrossFit or people who mm-hmm. lift weights or whatever. And I was like, there's nothing that really verifies your actual level of, of athletic competition. And I was like, I got to be able to do that somehow. Like, that's got to be mm-hmm. available. I, I, I can do that. I can make that available. And it was like, I mean, because in my mind, it's like all you got to do is show like a link to your athletic bio. Yeah, and you're easy. like, oh, easy peasy. Like, mm-hmm. OK, we can do this. And once I finally found a developer who was willing to do it, I was like, all right, we got to get this ball rolling. Let's do it. What do you think it is about athletes that have competed at a semi-professional or college level that why we are attracted to each other? I mean, I I feel like the one thing I always wanted people to know about playoff was that I never wanted to come at it from a a standpoint of I think athletes should date each other because they're better than anybody or because they're, you know, or or because they're somehow on some other level. I just think that they connect because they've been through the same thing. I know for me, I'm from a family of athletes. I've been playing sports since I was five or, you know, as, as young as I can remember. And it's just kind of been something that has consumed my life. And it's consumed my life not just in like the hours of the day that I spend playing, it's like it's like a different mindset. It's like a you you shift the way you you walk through life. You know, I, athletics has shaped the way I handle problems and the way I form relationships and the way I navigate adversity. Everything is kind of 
comes back to that and kind of comes full circle where it's like your athletic background has taught you these things, all these intangibles. And I'm like, I know other people have have gone through that, you know, just the same way as I'm sure a musician would understand another musician. You know, it's Mm -hmm. kind of like everyone in their own industry has that shared kind of experience, you know, and I think that's so valuable, especially when trying to start a relationship that in theory is supposed to be you know, have a good foundation and be, be valuable and powerful and have this kind of lasting effect, you're hoping it starts on a, on a good foot, you know? Like that's, <laughs> right. that's the goal. Right. And having that common bond right. can really come into play. Exactly. So what did you do? What were some of the first steps you did in creating the app? Well, like I said, I, the first thing I did was research it. And I was like, okay, if it's out there, I got to get on it. Once I realized it was not, I kind of I kind of researched the competition a little bit. And I was like, okay, how would we be different? How would this, if I'm even going to go down this road, I got to find a way to navigate away from what's already out there. So there's already apps out there. I don't truly know how successful they are, um, but there's already apps out there for people who enjoy fitness and who enjoy working out. Um, but nothing, like I said, that's verify that verifies your your level of competition. And so I just kind of said, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is get on LinkedIn and I'm going to type in freelance app developer in <laughs> in the search bar and just see what happens. And I'm just going to find people. And people laugh at me when I tell them this. I swear, I was like looking at people in Los Angeles and I was like, anybody who had a picture who looked relatively normal, I was like, cool, I'm going to send them a message and just see what they say. Mm-hmm. Hey, I've got this idea for this app. Could you create it for me? If so, how much do you think it would cost? And I probably sent, I don't know, 15 to 20 messages and I got probably seven responses and it just kind of went dwindles down from there. I got a few quotes. I had uh, a mentor, a friend of mine who's in software engineering who was willing to kind of be my barrier to entry. He was like, okay, I'll, I'll read all the resumes. I'll let you know if these people can do what you need from a technical standpoint. And then you can kind of feel out their personality, whether or not you think you can work with them, if their quote is even in your, in your ballpark, <laughs> which most of them were not, you know, and, and then it was like, you can go from there. So luckily I had a few people in my corner who had some good experience who were able to help me, but I truly am. I do not come from a coding background. I do not come from any sort of technical background at all. So that was honestly pretty scary for me. Um, but Again, I mean, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this all night. It all circles back to my athletic experience. I was kind of like, okay, what's the next challenge in front of you, and how do you face it, and how do you get through it? It's it's not some sort of like, all right, well now I don't know what to do, so I'm gonna back down. Mm-hmm. You know, that's mm-hmm. never been part of my being. Yep. You know, so it's like you just gotta find a way to get get through it. And you're self funding this as well. Correct? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I laugh, but it's like it's a little <laughs> bit scary, which is why I'm laughing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's been a really cool process. Um, my dad used to always joke with me because I was such a saver. And he would always be like, why are you saving all your money? Like, what? go out and travel and do all these things. And I was like, no, one day it's going to come in handy. Mm-hmm. I know it. And we just kind of laughed together when I'm like, this is it. I found it. Yep. And he's like, oh, my gosh, go for it. Do it. Do it. <laughs> yeah. He's like, because I didn't know either. So it was really kind of cool the way it kind of hit me on the side of the head. Like, oh, this is what all that was for. I mean, I didn't know at the time. I just I had always been kind of a saver and. Once I saved up enough, I was like, "Oh my gosh, the, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna just go all out." You know, I'm go. And people always ask me like, "What's your, what's your end point? Like, how much do you have to, do you have to put into this before you throw in the towel and say, oh, it's not working or whatever?'" And I looked at them like, "What do you mean? Like, no, no, it is gonna work. I don't, I don't think Love you understand." It. Yeah. And I, and I know that's I have been told that's not the best way to do business, and I do understand that and why that's a little bit, you know, scary and has its own, uh, definitely maybe not the best idea, but. There is, listen, I'm not going to be out on the street. I'm definitely going to have enough money to pay my bills and all those things. But 
it's one of those things where I, I don't think failure is an option. You know, it's but like, I, yeah, you just got to figure it out. That's also the athlete, athlete mentality. Absolutely. You don't go into thinking Absolutely. you're not going to win the right. game or you're not going to succeed. You, right. You failure is truly not an option. <laughs> and it's like you, I, I can fail many times in the process, but it's like, how are you going to get back up and figure out how to how to how to greet the next challenge with a strong, you know, strong front and say, OK, I got this. Mm-hmm. I'm, and if I don't got it, I'm going to figure out somebody who can help me do it. Right. You know, what are some of the next steps? Like, how do you, how do, you do your marketing? And- Man, I would say the marketing is the is the biggest next step. Development, I realized is I, I thought, okay, you build the app and then it exists and then it just runs on its own. I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize the development cost is like a monthly thing. It's like nonstop. There's all of a sudden Androids can't log into Facebook and can't get on for some reason. Now you got a bug and now you gotta, you know, you're it's just con it's a constant kind of cycle of we're putting out new versions all the time and trying to make versions better. And and also, I mean, we've got the Android version and the iTunes or the iOS version. So, being able to kind of try to perfect it all the time, while also trying to make sure the version that you have out is at least functional, you know, is really a challenge. Because how much money do you put into it if you if it's functioning well, great. But if it's functioning at like a C level and you want it at an A. I don't want to put all my money into marketing if it's not at if it's not at an A right now, you know. So right. it's kind of like how do I balance that out? Um, but now that I kind of know that, I can the, the development is kind of running on a little bit of a, a a more steady schedule, which is nice. The marketing is like I'm fish out of water. I'm like I got to find a way to get this thing off the ground before Tokyo 2020 <laughs> because yeah. that is where this thing is going. And I, and I, I got to find a way to do it, whether it's and I'm not afraid to reach out to people, but I just know that the individual reach outs is not going to do it. You know, there's mm-hmm. got to be some sort of campaign that is built to reach these mass number of athletes in some way. And I mean, I'm willing to take all the help I can get. And that's what it is. It's just being being willing to hear all of the advice and suggestions and all that. But the marketing is really what needs to step up for sure. Since you brought it up, I want to talk about that goal of yeah. the 2020 Olympics because I think I heard the same conversations yeah. you did talking about how many condoms and kind yes. of STDs and things yes. were floating Everything. around the last Olympics. Exactly. So I think it's brilliant that you, you right. your goal for this. So tell I, everybody what. I, I, think I, I think I read those articles back in, <laughs> in Rio 2016 yeah. and it was like, oh, Tinder is like running rampant around the Olympic Village. And so once I created the app and I, I saw some, you know, post about, oh, the Olympics are only two years away. And I was like, oh, my God. This is it. It was like light bulb moment that I was like, if this app could get into the Olympic Village and all these athletes from all these different countries could get on and kind of match and find each other and then even go back to their countries and kind of bring it there. I was like, this is the moment like this is where it has to. So in my mind, that also meant that the functionality and the technology of the app has to be at an A. You know, right now it's not where I want it to be. It's 100 percent functional, but it's no it's not where I want it to be. So I, I know that a lot has to go into perfecting that. But it's really about getting the word out there to as many athletes as I possibly can, because I, you know, I'm on Instagram all day, every day, just reaching out, you know, whether it's like I think today I reached out to like a bunch of women on the Jamaican soccer team and I'm like, mm-hmm. go for it. I'm, I'm reaching out to anybody who I think will respond and who even has any sort of connection, even if it's an athlete in the Olympics, somebody who has some sort of connection to the Olympics. It's just one of those things where this is where I know that's the tipping point, you know, and, and I I see it ahead and I'm like. July is going to come so much mm-hmm. faster than you are willing to believe that, like, you got to get on that horse right now. Like, yep, it's, it's yep. got to happen. Um, so 
a little bit of like that nervous, anxious energy, but very, very exciting. Yeah. And that's great because it does keep you accountable and yes. keep you going because you have yeah. that deadline in yeah. line when you want There is it. like no time yeah. to spare. I was like sitting in the parking lot a few minutes early and I was like, I should send a few DMs on Instagram. <laughs> it's like there's never a dull moment. How has the growth been of people being getting on the app? It's been good. I would say at the beginning, there was probably the biggest influx of users right when we first kind of launched. There was probably a few months of lead up where I'd kind of tried to build a little bit of a following on Instagram and tried to get the word out there before we launched and get like some beta testers on there. So we had the biggest uh, jump in users at the very beginning, but now we are pretty steady. Um, right now we're in between, I think we're in between eight and 9,000 users on the app uh, so far. So it's growing every day. One of my biggest like claims to success is that there have been so in December um, of 2019, it will have been launched for two years. It will, it will have been live for two years. And there have been zero days so far of zero signups. So every day, at least there's somebody getting on. I think a, a bad day is, you know, five to ten signups. A good day is, you know, 50 um, or more. But every day somebody gets on. And now we're at the point where, like, back at the very beginning, it was, like, friends of mine. It was, like, people <laughs> I, people I knew signing up. And I was like, oh, thanks, guys. You're, you're great. But now it's like I don't know any of these people. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, it's really spreading in a very organic way, which is the way I wanted it to spread. You know, I didn't I know I can like pay a bunch of money and put, you know, a billboard out on Hollywood and Vine and just get anyone to see it. But I really wanted to target this one group of people. And I really wanted to kind of trickle through that environment first, kind of like the way Facebook started, where it was like, I just wanted it to be on those call. They wanted it to be on those college campuses. And it's like, I just want the people who can truly value from this to be the ones to know about it, um, at least at the beginning, and then kind of see where it goes from there. Um, But I think it's it's one of those things that it's it's really getting in the hands of the right people. And it's it's passing through all these different people organically, which is really mm-hmm. fun to see. Now, are you on there yourself? And have uh, you met anybody through it? Best question ever. <laughs> and I am user number one. I am like beta <laughs> tester number one. I am still on it. I have met tons of people on there. I have not started a relationship yet. So um, I will say when, when I meet the app, we can shut it down. When I meet somebody <laughs> on the app, we can shut it down. No. Um, uh, but there have been some some good success stories, which just makes me so happy. I think it I think that's what brought me the most joy. I think I'm not one of those people who's like chasing like some sort of like money number or like honestly seeing this couple post about finding each other on playoff and tagging us. Like if I met somebody on Tinder, I'm not like tagging Tinder in the picture. Like they're tagging playoff dating app in their picture and saying like, thanks so much. And I was like, if playoff died today, I would be content. Like I helped you guys get together and this is so special. It's really just about I've, I've always felt like life is just about connecting humans. And I'm like, this is what that is. On, mm-hmm. on a smaller scale, you are just connecting human beings to one another, whether they end up as friends or, you know, they help one another get a job or whatever it is. You're just bringing people together. And that's so incredibly powerful. And I was like, you know what? I can die happy. This yeah. is great. Like, <laughs> it and worked. Then, right. It yeah. worked. And somebody came out happier because of this. And I'm absolutely crushing the wedding. So, <laughs> oh, you <laughs> that, better be like one of the that first that invites is to the like, wedding. <laughs> I will grab the microphone, throw a speech in there. I don't care. I'm like, and you should. Right. I, I won't be able to control <laughs> yeah. it. It'll like be... you said, even if people just become friends, I think that's something that was appealing to me, to right. being in L.A. It's even hard to just meet people right. to go do some sporting activity with. Right, right. It's hard because, I mean, I've always, it's funny, my my failed dating life is what started it, but I also always kind of chalked it up to being in L.A., and I don't want to give L.A. such a bad rap. I'm from here. I'm born and raised in Santa Monica, but something changed when I came back from school. Um, I felt like Santa Monica wasn't really the small town that it used to be. I, I kind of felt like a little bit of fish out of water, and I was like, this can't be right. Like, I feel like I don't even belong in my own city. This is so weird. And... I think 
I, I never wanted to blame it on on my geographical location. You know, it was like everyone always be like, oh, dating in L.A. is so hard. And I'm like, I think honestly dating everywhere is hard yeah. now. It's just different. It's like you, you've got online dating, which is ironic that I even, that I built an app because I always hated it. Mm-hmm. It was like you've got too many options. You're completely overwhelmed. It's so superficial. You're looking at somebody's face and deciding yes or no in a, in a second mm-hmm. and a half. You know, it's, it's not really fair, you know. So I think that part is kind of ironic that I ended up creating one. But I'm hoping <laughs> that because of the because of the background and kind of the reason for its creation, it can provide a little bit more substance behind mm-hmm. how you're looking at somebody, you know, and, and why you think you might connect with that person and why you'd even be on the app, you know, assuming that because also there's a lot of people who had a bad college athletic experience. And so it's like it's not even really about how how well you did or what level you mm-hmm. played at or you could have been a junior college athlete or an Olympian and whatever your experience was did something to you inside Mm -hmm. you know and I feel like that is very powerful you know I agree because there's a lot we're going to get into this about your story because I was so fascinated about it too because there are college sports is also a lot harder than people right, think a lot of times right. people think college sports is just amazing right. and you get to play but so there's glamorous. a lot yeah, yeah there's a lot of politics a lot of heartbreak right. a hard things that nobody tells you right. about before right. you get there and you're there. not really prepared no you know? you're, you're kind of you're like an 18 year old thinking oh my god I can go into this D1 school yeah. this is going to be all like flashing lights and you know so much glamour and trust me there are great parts of it there are really really awesome but also I'm sure you can attest to this it's like there's a there's a big discrepancy between the biggest, you know, Division One football programs and men's basketball programs and kind of like everybody else. There's mm-hmm. like a there's a big drop off. Now hopefully the 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 gap is is you know lessening a little bit and hopefully and I think it is and I think there's a lot more of a brighter light shine on women's sports now, which is awesome. But it's not always what it's cracked up to be. I remember I remember thinking to myself, all right, if I get to go overseas and I played a little while in Germany, I was like, this is going to be like Love and Basketball. This is going to be <laughs> so amazing. The greatest movie. <laughs> and I was like, everyone's going to treat me like Monica and it's going to be so great. And it's like, no, it's not always like that. You know, from college even to professional, it's like not everybody has that experience, you know. And like you said, there's all kinds of adversities, whether it's, you know, I, you know, injuries or mental health stuff, which people are finally starting to talk about mm-hmm. in athletics, which is so exciting. Um, you know, it's just it, there's a lot going on that's not shown on the surface, you know, so I think it's a really cool thing to talk about. I want to talk about because something that you did in your uh, college hi- or sorry, your sports history mm-hmm. was you asked for things. So even right. before you got to college, you asked to play at colleges. Tell people about that. I I think as a as a student athlete who when I was in high school, I knew I wasn't one of the best. You know, I knew that I was a good basketball player, but I knew I wasn't the best in my city. I knew, you know, I knew I was going to have a little bit of a tough road. My sister, who was older than I was, she went on to play softball at Michigan State, and she was kind of always my inspiration. And I mean, I remember being like, I think I was a sophomore in, uh, or maybe I was in ninth grade. She was two years older than me. And she had like Big Ten, SEC, Big East, coaches, head co- head softball coaches coming into our living room, like trying to sell their school to her. And I was like, damn, that's not going to be me. Like that sucks. And I, I remember just feeling disappointed and, and thinking like, I got to find a way to carve out my niche and make it work. Like, I, you know, I don't care where I go, but wherever it is, it's going to be the best of whatever, wherever I can get to. I wasn't going to settle for, you know, whatever was in my backyard, whatever was in Southern California. I was ready to get out and I was ready to go try something new. Thankfully, you know, she went to Michigan, so she kind of paved the way for like, get out of here. You don't have to stay, mm-hmm. stay put. Like, it's fine. You know, we come from a from a solid family. I'm one of four kids and our parents are definitely like, get out of here. Like, do your thing. We're, we're here to support you, but like, you're, you're on your own and this is going to be great for you, you know? So I I think knowing that I wasn't probably going to go to the high level D1, it was like my mom sat me down one day and was like, 
okay, so we gotta we gotta figure this out, you and I. Like, we gotta make some videotapes. We gotta push these. And this, this is when it was like VHS tapes. Like, you had to push some tapes out. Yep. And be like, hey, coach, I noticed you don't have any, you know, shooting guards coming into your next, you know, freshman class. Like, here's this video of me, and it's like super embarrassing because you want to feel that recruiting process is like people are selling themselves to you. Mm-hmm. But I I kind of realized like, listen, if you don't do this. You're not going to get to anywhere near where you think you deserve to be or where you would like to be. So it's kind of like you got to you got to put your shame aside a little bit and just kind of go after what you want. Mm -hmm. And luckily, I had a mom who was like, if we don't grind this out right now, you will not get what you want. I promise you. Love mom. You know, and it was it was so (laughs) it was so awesome to see her do that because I also have friends in high school who whose parents may not have done that, who definitely, in my mind, undershot where they could have gone. And l- listen, I don't think it's all mom, you know, that mom's fault. or It's like a, you know, a combination of things. But I know I had her ready to push me along and say, oh, no, 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 I'm right here behind you shoving you along. You're going to keep you're going to call that coach back, even though you're 17 and super shy and don't want to pick up the phone to call this older man back mm-hmm. and like talk to him. But it was like, no, that's what we're going to do. And it was brutal sometimes but i <laughs> could not thank her enough for just kind of pushing you out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. you know it's like thank god for people like that otherwise yep. i definitely wouldn't be sitting here in front of you <laughs> yep i love this love this love this because one of my biggest things that i've ever learned through my life mm-hmm. so far is that you have to ask for things you right. have to ask for what you want and i had a very similar situation right i, I tore my acl right uh, before my senior year in high school we oh had god. the greatest team we went to the state tournament we were supposed uh, to win it all you know, and I'm oh out. And that's like the biggest college recruiting year right. ever in your ever. high school career. Yeah. So I had the same thing where I didn't have option. I had some smaller schools, but right. the same as you. I wanted to go D- D1. I actually right. I wanted to get a good degree, right. you know, education. And I wrote a letter. And that's right. the, and people thought I was crazy to right. write a letter and ask. And it worked. That's I got amazing. To play in Nebraska from writing a letter. That's so incredible. I, same as you tell people, you have to ask. Right. You have to do things like that that aren't comfortable. It's so powerful. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And I want to now. I want to talk about too because you tore your ACL yes. as well. And this story is amazing. What god. you did after your ACL? Oh so my god! Share well, this one. Well, what's interesting to me is you just said you tore it in high school. I tell people all the time. I don't know what I would have done had I gotten injured before college because you are not prepared at all. It's just no. one of those things where it's like, okay, listen, I broke my wrist when I was a kid. I broke my leg when I was a kid. But you go to the ER with your parents and they throw a cast on it and you're fine. If you have some sort of season-ending injury, like Uh, like an ACL, like Mm -hmm. an Achilles, you know, all those major injuries. I could not imagine. I had teammates in in college who, who tore theirs earlier. And I just looked at them like, oh, you are a saint. I don't understand how you made it. Like, I truly think that is more of a testament to you being able to get to the college level even after that. Because, listen, you didn't have a trainer telling you, okay, be in the, be in the training room at 6am every morning. You just had to do it on your own. You had to go use your health care from your parents and, like, go to the doctor. I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, like a regular person. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know I got to college and tore, tore my ACL my senior year. Um, luckily, it was in the sixth game of the season because had it been in the seventh game, I wouldn't have been able to use another year. So, luckily, it was, like, right before the threshold of being able to redshirt. So I tear it, and I remember I knew I had to sit out the rest of the year. I got my surgery, and it was like two days after surgery. It was like, all right, let's hit, let's hit that treatment running. Like we're going, and it was like I, I felt the vested interest in everyone around me to want me to get healthy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it was like everybody you had something to work for. It was like no, no, no. You still have another season to play, whether it's at URI or at another school. You still have another year of eligibility, and you need to get back to the top of that mountain. It's not like you don't have a choice, you know. So being able to ha- see 
my teammates, my coaches, my training staff, my strength and conditioning staff, everybody like all on Team Amanda. They were like, let's go. It's time. Now it's now the real work begins. And I was like, oh, my God, if I didn't have this, I would be in a full blown depression. You know, and, you would have done it. Though. I, I mean, I, I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. But man, that was so unbelievable. And I didn't really truly it, that that whole idea didn't truly sink in until this was Three or four years later, I think three years later, I had already come home to L.A. My basketball career was over and I was coaching a high school team and I was playing pickup with them. And it was like a Saturday morning, like voluntary workout. And I'm just running around playing with them. And I like pump fake and jump stop. And I I knew immediately I, I tore it again. Oh, like no. immediately. I knew right away. And it was so funny because honestly, it truly didn't even hurt that bad because I had a cadaver in there and it didn't even feel like it was part of my body yet. It was a very strange experience. But I got the surgery. Um, long story short, I get the surgery and I'm, I'm starting my rehab. And I, th- my, my doctor was like, all right, so you've got physical therapy two days a week. And I was like, um, that's it? And I was like, for 30 minutes? And I was like, what else? Like, where else do I show up? I need to, I need to, I need to do more. <laughs> and he goes, oh, yeah, you can do that on your own if you want. And I was like, oh, my God. You're not, oh, um, okay, like, <laughs> I, I guess I can do that. Yeah. I, I, and, and in my mind, I thought, thank God I've already torn it. So I know what's, what's ahead what of do. me. Because mm-hmm. had I torn it as like a, you know, adult with no athletic background, it's like, what in the world would you be in for? You know, it's just this kind of a crazy thing that I was actually thanking my lucky stars that I had already experienced mm-hmm. that. It sounds completely insane. But <laughs> it was one of those things that was like, all right, Amanda, you can do this. Somebody kind of laid the, laid the path for you, and and now you know what to do. So it felt a lot better the second time around. I felt much more confident mm-hmm. and not so, you know, honestly, I, I feel like I probably was in some form of depression as it happened in my senior year. But the second time I was like, I was surrounded by high school girls who were looking at me as an example, and they were like, oh, my gosh, you tore your ACL. Are you going to be okay? And I was like, oh, girl, you know, come on. <laughs> girls do this all the time. This is like, yeah. you know. Professional athletes do this all the time. Now they're coming back in, in four to six months. At, that, at my time, it was like nine to 12. Oh, it's so fast yeah. now. It's amazing. So I'm yeah. like, you know, this is like a miracle. You know, so I was I kind of look at them like I got to show them that this is a mountain that's totally conquerable. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, you can get over this hump, you know, and, and this doesn't have to be the end of the world. Mm-hmm. This doesn't have to be the end of your career. This doesn't have to be, you know, you can totally bounce back and it's no big deal. Back to your senior year, though, it is depressing. And then on top of that, you got faced with a new coach yes. who then also didn't save your scholarship yes. for you for your senior year. God, that was even more depressing. Yeah, I mean, come on, <laughs> that, give me that, a break. That was one of those things that was like, I was just telling a friend about this the other day. I went into that office thinking it was like a formality, thinking like, hey, coach, nice to meet you. I'm Amanda. I'm a senior, so I'm going to be another senior again next year. I'll be a fifth year. Um, you know, nice to meet you, but, you know, just want to make sure I could have my scholarship back. And she kind of looked at me and was like, ooh, I'm really sorry. I guess you don't know how this works, but you have six girls graduating and I have seven or eight coming in. And I was like, okay, but like, this is my school. Like, you're brand new here. Right. What do you mean? Like, you know, and I kind of looked at her like, you've got to be kidding. You've got to be kidding. And I, I I, don't even think my body or mind knew how to deal with those emotions. I was so angry and sad and confused and, and thought, oh, my God, like, well, it can't end here. Like, there's no yeah. way it can end here. I don't know what to do next, but it cannot end here. Um, and I feel like that's another thing that's kind of prepared me for this whole playoff right. journey because right. it's like – I went to anybody who would listen to me. I went to our compliance guy. I went to our assistant athletic director who totally helped me out and was like, listen, you have to go D1 or D2 now because you can't sit out two years in a row. And now I feel like that's totally changed. But 
he was like, you can't sit out two years in a row. So you got to he goes, reach out to every Division two school in the NE10, which is the conference out in New England. He's like, you know, New England, you've been out here for four years. You can do this. Reach out to every head coach and tell them your story and send them the highlight video that you made. And like, that's it. And just see what happens. And I was like, okay, I can do Mm -hmm. this. You're right. You're right. I'm not incompetent. I can do this. And I and it was just felt crazy to have to do it alone. You know, I'm out Mm -hmm. on the East Coast by myself. And I just thought to myself, your mom would kill you if you didn't send these emails. Like, you got to get on that computer and grind it out again. So I sent those emails and I had a few schools respond and say they had scholarships available, um, which is crazy because from Division One to Division Two, it's 15 scholarships to 10. So they only have 10 in Division Two. Um, so it, it's a much different playing experience. It's like they don't have the same type of roles for the players. You know, I was a shooting guard at, at Rhode Island, and it was just kind of crazy to come to – I went to UMass Lowell for my fifth year – and seeing that they only had ten scholarships, it definitely shifted the way they had to look. At, they the, the way they had to analyze talent. Mm-hmm. It was like all the girls on my team were all like between five nine and six feet, and everybody could kind of do a little bit of everything. You know, it was like oh, there's no like specialists. You know, mm-hmm. when I got to URI, I was kind of like okay, I'm like the three point shooting specialist. Should I be able to dribble better? Yes. Should I be able to do certain? Yes, of course. And I was like, and through my time at URI, I feel like I improved on all those things. But it was, I got to UMass Lowell and I was like, oh, everyone's kind of like a super strong utility player. We're like, you can put me in the post and I better be able to handle my own, you know, which was kind of a cool experience too. Um, But it was, it was a shock for sure. It was kind of a culture shock. It was kind of a super weird experience to go in as a fifth year senior and then kind of as a brand new player and be thrown in as a captain. I was like, oh, crap. Like, (laughs) these girls didn't even know me. Like, they don't they don't want to listen to me. Like, I'm probably coming. I remember one girl years later told me, yeah, we all were like, who's this D1 girl? Like, we're going to hate her. She's probably going to be so (laughs) mean and think she's all that. And I'm like, oh, God, no, I'm like little old me. Like, I'm like, I hope you guys like me. I'm super nice. Like, you know, so it was kind of a weird experience. But Definitely one that has shaped, like I said, the rest of my entire life. You know, I'm just so grateful for those adversities. And at the time, I definitely did not even see them as adversities. You know, I looked at it like, all right, like you just kind of got to get through the next thing. But luckily, I I hadn't really been raised with that whole like poor, pitiful me Mm -hmm. mentality. It was like, all right, keep going. Mm -hmm. Keep going. Let's see what happens. That's something I love about that age, too. If you're raised by with parents that have that attitude and you you just don't. There's not another option. Yeah. You just do it. You find a way and right. you make it happen. You're like so resilient, but you don't even know that that's what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you don't even realize there's really no other choice, yeah. which is super, super fun to to be that way and to not realize now that I'm an adult and I'm a teacher, I'm like looking at kids and I'm like, wow, this girl's just doing it. Like she yeah. and she doesn't even realize it. You know, it's, you see it in other people and it's it's so valuable. You see it in adults, too. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, you were brought up the same way. I like that. <laughs> Do you feel like you've kept it as you're an adult now? Yes, definitely. No. Definitely. And it's more of like a conscious thing. It's like now that I'm aware that I had some of those traits and that, I, that those were kind of instilled in me, it's more of a fight to keep them. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, God, you can't can't slack off now. You know, now it's like you got to kind of prove to yourself and the world that, like, this is who you are forever, you yeah. know, that you can kind of hold your own forever. Yeah, I totally agree. I do go back sometimes when I'm if I'm acting a certain way that doesn't feel that way. I'm like, yeah. You wouldn't have done that. Exactly. High school Jay would not right, have done right, that. Like, right, right, right. Where is she? That you know? self-talk is like super important because how, if you can't have that conversation with yourself, then you're then you're on another planet. Yep, you know, it's like yep. you got to be able to look yourself in the mirror and say, that's not Amanda. That's not the Amanda I know. You know, pick yourself up and like 
tie your shoes back up and figure it out, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I know you've already talked about how some of this has come into your now with the, with the dating app, mm-hmm. but also just as a businesswoman now, being the CEO of your own right. company and making this happen, like... <laughs> I'm, like, making a face because I can't even, like, get myself to wrap my mind around that. <laughs> wrap it around It's it. crazy. <laughs> it's honestly crazy. Pe- you know, even people calling me an entrepreneur, I'm like, am I? Is that really what I you am? You are. And you they're are, like, girl. yes, own it, you know? <laughs> and I, I feel like I've always had confidence in myself, but I've never been the person who's like, I'm going to be the CEO and I'm going to do this. I'm going to be the founder of this great company. And, you know, it's just it just kind of happened in such an organic way that was like, I just created what I wanted to exist. You know, I just created something in the world that I that I really wanted to be out there. And then I thought to myself, I can't be the only one who wants that out there. So it was really more of like a serving of the community. You know, it was mm-hmm. like, I want to do something for myself and for athletes, you know, because those like, I mean, I said this on another podcast where somebody asked me um, kind of about how, how it got started. And once all those niche dating apps started coming out, it was like there's an app for Jewish people and vegans and black people and farmers and Christians. And mm-hmm. It was literally everybody. And I was like, I am none of those things. How do I? And and even if I was, I don't feel like those qualities would shape who I wanted to date. Right. You know what I mean? It, that's really more of what it was. And it was like, who, like, who are the people that I identify with the most? And I was like, oh, athletes are my people. Like, I don't care what race you are, what what sexual orientation you are, what religion you are. Those are my people. Those are the people who get me and those are the people who I understand. And it was like such a no-brainer to me. You know, you can throw me in a room with any athlete and I feel like we can have a very mm-hmm. long, very interesting conversation just as we're doing right now. Yep. You know, we met five minutes ago and it's like it's just a great connection. And I, and I, so I, honestly... More of that is where my mind is at in terms of like the networking and the human connection than really looking at myself like some, you know, CEO entrepreneur. I love the title and that's great and I will own that and I will like (laughs) be very proud of it. But that's definitely not at the forefront of my mind, you know, Mm -hmm. which is interesting. I I never have viewed myself that way. Um, I will gladly take it and run with it and (laughs) and go as far as I possibly can Mm -hmm. with it and and create as many awesome things for the world as I can. But, yeah, it's it's always been more about the human connection and being able to bring people together. You know, Mm -hmm. I feel like it's just like the coolest thing ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some of the obstacles that have come up with creating this app that you didn't see coming? Um, well, I would say funding, but I did see that coming. <laughs> that, was, that was one of those things that was like, yeah, you're going to run out of money soon. Um, I would probably say that not being able to admit to people what you don't know is it's not that I didn't see it coming, but it's that I didn't realize how powerful that would be. I've always been someone who's willing to ask for help and willing to like if I don't know how to do something, I will find someone who does know how to do it and either have them teach me or have them help me or have them guide, you know, guide me somehow. But Reaching out to the people who are in your corner are is, is like one of the most powerful ways to kind of get the ball rolling and get people truly rooting for you. You know, like when you I, I never really realized how much people wanted to help until you asked them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like very rarely is somebody who's some sort of amazing expert in some area going to be like, listen, Amanda, I got marketing down. Let me help you. Let me let me lay it out for you. But if I reached out to somebody who I knew was some marketing guru and I who was, you know, a family friend or you know, a friend from a from some other part of my life or whatever. And there's like a power in that where like I'm I'm wanting to reconnect with them on a different level, tell them about what I'm doing, offer the fact that I would value their experience and their knowledge and I want it and I'm willing to take that from them and hopefully change my business because of that. And I think to, to them, that's like a compliment to them. Mm-hmm. That's like I want your help and it's because I know you're good at what you do. And I think 
that has been the coolest thing for me. It's been challenging because some people are a little harder to reach out to. Mm-hmm. It's not super easy. You know, some people are you think they're a little bit above where you're at. You know, I look at my, like, I look at my app like, a oh, little old playoff. You know, it's like not, it's still kind of a baby. It's like not really where I know it can be. And in my mind, I'm like, oh, that person doesn't have time for me. That's like, they don't, they don't want to waste their time with me. And everyone I've spoken to is like, listen, just reach out. You don't know what is going to happen. Just like your just letter ask. to Nebraska. <laughs> right. It's like, you just got to ask. And I have been overwhelmed with the support and like outreaching, outreach and outpouring of just like positive energy that has come my way. You know, even if it's somebody who's like, listen, I don't know what exactly I can do, but here's three emails of people who will definitely help and would Mm -hmm. totally be willing to. And the other thing I think it really does is like, it proves kind of like what kind of reputation you have as a person, as a friend, as a family member, as a coworker, as a teammate or whatever, when people are willing to put themselves their neck out on the line to say, yeah. hey, my friend Amanda's doing this. Can you help her? Here's here's her email address. Can I connect you guys? And it's like, oh, you're willing to do that for me? I feel like that's kind of a testament to the relationships that I've built. Right. And that to me, again, I'm going to bring it all back to the human connection. <laughs> it's just so powerful and just such a cool way to get through this. It It feels much less like oh my God, just spend and see the, see the profit and spend and spend and spend and hopefully we get more users. That feels so like, I don't, like, it feels like a machine. That doesn't feel genuine. It doesn't feel organic. It doesn't feel special in any way. It feels like that's just how companies generate money. This feels like you're bringing people together. The way you're doing it is by bringing more people into your life and putting yourself out there in a way that you never have before. I mean, some of these stupid Instagram videos that I post, I'm like, oh, my God, my face is on the camera. I am mortified. (laughs) This is awful. But people respond to that. And Mm -hmm. I just I think I'm just reminding myself all the time that, like, my story and, you know, what I've been through. And although I never really thought it was that big of a deal, it's relatable. It's relatable. Mm -hmm. And people are like, oh, I remember I went through something like that or I knew someone who had that happen to them or she seems kind of normal, you know, or, you know, whatever it is. I feel like the people respond to that. And the amount of messages I get back from my dumb videos of, you know, me holding the camera in my face, just saying what I'm doing today or, you know, what's the latest on playoff is the support from them saying, like, you look great. That's awesome. Keep it going. Because there are people who are in my corner who know that's not comfortable for me, Mm -hmm. who know this is not fun. It's really actually very difficult. And I'm like, secretly, my hands are sweating. And I'm like, (laughs) oh, my God, just do 10 more seconds, Amanda. You can do it, you know? And it's like, it's just fun to have those people rooting you on. You know, it's just like, I feel like that's so powerful. It fuels your fire. I know we've talked about our mutual. I'm the same way with social media. My thing I love about this is talking with people and hearing their stories and sharing your stories. And I was excited to let people know, like, I was excited about your app. So I'm like, I would tell all the athlete friends that I know, my teammates back. I love it. I love it. I need it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I wanted you to tell people, so when they sign up for the app, yep. what's it look like? What are some questions they're going to have to go right. through? What does the profile look like? So the interface looks very similar to any dating app that anyone else has ever been on, whether it's Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, um, any of those generic ones. It's the same kind of swipe model. You swipe left and right. Um, one of the funny, quirky things we added was you can swipe right to play them or swipe left to bench them. <laughs> um, I thought that was kind of like a fun thing to add. Um, but not a lot of like corny other sports related like jokes in there but um you put up your your basic whatever your five pictures um that you want in your profile the one thing i did wanted to make sure to add was these athletic related questions and the reason i added those were some of them i think one is um what's your worst athletic injury what's your most embarrassing athletic moment 
what is the best live sporting event you've ever been to? Um, and if are you still involved in athletics? And if so, how? And I just wanted to add those because I feel like it could be a great conversation starter, obviously. Um, and it's just a great way to get to know a little bit about somebody the reason I really put them in there is because I hate filling out a personal bio. <laughs> I don't know what I would ever say about myself. It's like, all right, Amanda's bio, go. Just start typing. And I'm like, okay, I like the beach and I like purple and I, I don't even know where to go. It's like, what does somebody want to hear about me that's going to make them want to date me? Like, what a weird thing to I have know, to do. Those bios are the worst. It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> it's like, I don't need some weird personal resume and right. like ego boost to like talk about how great I am. It's it's weird. So I wanted to add those questions in my mind, I thought, okay, most embarrassing sports moment is, like, I didn't want to put, mo- like, greatest athletic achievement because, like, everybody in the app has done something cool. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the app, I don't need to hear about your state championship or how many SEC titles you won or, like, whatever. Like, that's all very great, and we can talk about that on the first date. Awesome. But, like, <laughs> I need you to be, be, like, brought down to earth. You know, as we know, mm-hmm. athletes have egos. It's, like, that's just a – we all know that. Uh, you know, that's, like, through and through – you, I feel like you wouldn't get to as far, you wouldn't get as far as you have without the confidence and kind of like a little bit of an ego. Um, and so I was like, you know what? Tell me about your most embarrassing moment. Tell me something that's going to make me laugh, that's going to kind of bring you back down to earth and like cut you down to size a little bit. It's, but in a fun way. It's like it doesn't. It's playful. Um, or you know, your worst athletic injury is just something that's like shows what you've been through. Shows how bad things have been. A time when you know things weren't going your way. Um, you know, what your experience was from that. So I did that. Um, So you've got those questions to fill out. You do have a traditional bio if you want to fill it out. Um, A lot of people choose to leave it blank, (laughs) Um, which I was like, okay, they're like me. That's fine. That's fine. I don't judge them for that. Um, And then, yeah, once you, although once you, once you sign up for the app, you do have the um, two-step verification process before you're able to make your profile, which is just uh, submitting a link to your athletic bio, any really anything on the internet that um, has your name, your picture, you know, somehow you associated with the sport you were you played uh, in college or junior college or professionally, um, and just can kind of prove that you did what you're saying you did. Um, and then the second step, which I always kind of thought was a hassle, but I'm now seeing the value in it, is you are taking a selfie of yourself holding up a piece of paper with the word playoff written on it. And that's just really so that we can prove that you are, in fact, who you say you are. Um, you know, mm. I just, you know, I actually was my first developer who had the idea because he was like, I mean, anybody could eventually just submit a link to Blake, Griff- Blake Griffin's True. bio. And yeah. all of a sudden I'm making a profile for Blake Griffin, you know. And one of the main things that I wanted to make sure of was that people on the app are who they say they are. You know, it's like, this is real. These people are genuine. This No one's out here getting catfished and, you know, having these miserable experiences. I want, to the best of my ability, to be able to ensure to every other athlete on here that this is protected. You know, that you are safe on here. You are meeting who you think you're meeting. You are talking to who you are assuming you're talking to. Um, I think the online dating world already is scary enough. You know, yeah. it's like, it's already, I mean, the dating world in general is is scary. Having to do it without being able to fa- be face-to-face with someone is really frightening, you know, and some people do much better at it than others. And so having that peace of mind of knowing like, all right, if it says this girl played basketball at Nebraska, I can pretty much bet, bet my bottom dollar that she played at Nebraska. You know, otherwise she wouldn't be on the app. The one thing for me that's always been really hard is like turning people away because, Obviously, I want users. I don't want Mm -hmm. I'm not in the business of turning people away right now. But it's also this kind of fine balance of I don't want to turn you away. But if you didn't play at the college level or the junior college level or beyond, I don't I want to keep the integrity of what I said Mm -hmm. would be on there. So, you know, I had I have a funny story. I had one girl reach out to me. This was 
uh, over a year ago. And she um, she actually played at UMass Lowell, uh, which is where I was at school years before that. And so she emailed me and said, hey, the app is great, although I just wanted to let you know I matched with someone who is a club athlete and I want to make sure they can't be on there. Or like an intramural athlete. And I said, okay, um, let me go check, like, because I'm not sure who you're talking about, because honestly, I'm verifying everybody. So I know who yeah. I know everybody who's on there. And and so now luckily we're in the thousands, so I don't really remember everybody. But <laughs> I, at the beginning, I was like, no, I know everyone who's on here. So I go back and look, and it was hysterical. It was a UMass Lowell former soccer player. Then the uniforms were just different. Like they were old. Like they were just like oh. old looking uniforms. And I was like, first of all, back up. Calm down. This guy was a Division One or Division Two at that time, Division Two athlete. And I was like, relax. And it was just so funny to see how important the exclusivity was yeah. to these people. You know, like I think that was really interesting. I didn't. I knew that would be a selling point, and that always honestly kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I didn't want to to have to turn people away, mm-hmm. but I knew that there was a value in what college athletes have done. You know, and I knew there was a connection there, so I had to kind of. Set the set the bar there. Um, do I think there are you know athletes who didn't play in college who have all those same amazing traits? Of course. And do I think there are college athletes who are complete a holes? Of course. Yes. And who I don't want to date? Of course. <laughs> For sure. We all know those people. So it's it, you know it's like I said at the very beginning. It's not saying that people who play at the college level are any better or worse than anybody else. It's just about the shared life experience yeah. and about being able to connect on that level. Um, you know, hopefully one day. Honestly, I wanted to. I wanted to be able to open it up to everybody and have it almost be kind of like a Twitter where like you get your you get your profile verified and if you want to keep it between athletes at at a high level, you can. But if you want to open it up to everybody else, you also can. You know, mm-hmm. so that would be kind of like a long term goal. But I think right now, keeping the keeping it sacred and kind of uh, you know providing for the community that I wanted to provide for um, is is really what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, any other long term goals? Outside of the Olympics, uh, that's I that's like really that one. the one that's like it, it is like it's funny. I, I said to my friend the other day, it's kind of like a seed that's just sitting inside my brain, and I'm like, no, now it's like a softball size seed. Like it's a big it. it it is like I'm so I'm a teacher and so I'm at school and I'm like on snack time with the kids and I'm thinking about the Olympics. I'm like I'm at home and I'm in the shower. I'm thinking about the Olympics and I'm like this is like honestly all consuming mm-hmm. at this point. It is one of those things like who could I be reaching out to? What could I be doing? There's always something that I could be doing to get it there. And in my mind, it's kind of like God forbid I get to the Olympics and I feel like I didn't do everything I could have done. Mm-hmm. That would be like the ultimate level of regret. And I'm like, Amanda, you better not get to that point. <laughs> like you better. It's it's kind of like that whole like get rich or die trying thing. Like mm-hmm. 50 Cent said it best. Like mm-hmm. I got to figure out a way to do it. And I'm going to kill myself trying to do it. Like it's it's got to get there. Well, I think you're going to make it happen. Oh, thank I feel you. Like, I love the passion. I love the enthusiasm. Thank you. And just the whole attitude. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> well, you, thank you so. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say your lips to God's ears. That, that's, <laughs> we're going to make it happen. <laughs> so tell everybody where they can get the app, where they can follow you. All the good. Um, so the app is available on uh, the App Store for iOS and then on Google Play for Android. Um, it is worldwide. So a lot of people actually send questions like, "Is it only in America right now?" Or it is honestly anywhere where you can get Wi-Fi. You you can be on it. You can search. Um, there's a premium version also that's available where you can kind of change your settings so you can shift your location um, and have added filters. You can search for like only UCLA alumni or only football players or, you know, whatever you want, which is kind of cool. Um, but uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Playoff Dating App or on Twitter. Uh, it's just at Playoff Dating. Um, or you can email me directly if you have any questions. Uh, my email address is Amanda at PlayoffDatingApp.com. And I would love to hear from you. 
All right, athletes, sign up tonight. Now's the time. Now's the time, <laughs> yeah. guys. All right, well, thank you so much for coming. It was absolutely blast to talk thank to you. you for having me. Best of luck. It was with really, it all. really fun. Thank you. Yeah. All right, guys, thanks for listening to Tom Girl again. You can follow the show at Tom Girl TV on Instagram and we're on Twitter as well. We'll see you here again next week. Thanks. Tom Girl.